can they engineer a soft landing? Whether they do four hikes, seven hikes, ten hikes, I don't think that's really going to materially slow inflation, unfortunately. It looks like it looks like Bitcoin's winning. <laughs> all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bitcoiner's Guide, episode five. Five weeks in already. And this is where we take you to the top of the Bitcoin rabbit hole. But it's up to you to put in the proof of work hours to really understand what Bitcoin is. Uh, this show is for, for the noobs and it's for people who already know a lot about Bitcoin. If you want a refresher, uh, we are your hosts, Big Sean Harris and Plan Marcus. Marcus, how many coins do you have? <laughs> Hey, Sean. Uh, good morning for me. Uh, have a good day for anyone listening. How many coins? Dude, it's just, you guys just got to make sure that your Bitcoin number goes up and you don't talk about how much coin you have. You never know what's going to happen in the future. So that's something we don't talk about. But dude, I'm loving these conversations with you. You know, we talk a lot offline as well. Uh, I mean, off stream. Uh, so much going on. So look forward to it. Let's go. Let's get it. Yep. Uh, never tell anyone how many Bitcoin you have. Rule number one. There's a lot of rule number ones. We lost it all in a boating accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, so I'm, I'm reaccumulating my stack. Starting from zero again. All right. Uh, Timestamp and price stamp. Right now it is 1.05 p.m. in the beautiful Canary Islands where I am. And uh, let's see. The Bitcoin price today, I'm looking on my phone, is 47000 and some change up 6% in the last 24 hours. Wow. Bitcoin makes that conference. Go ahead. I was going to say it's that, uh, is it that conference pump that's going on right now? Does the Miami conference have anything to do with it? Who, who knows? There's, there's a lot of factors and I'd like to think that the conference has something to do with it because I would know. You know, previous years with the conference, it's uh, it's often been similar that you have a nice little run up towards the conference day, and like the day after, all the conference guys, you know, they have to recoup some of that travel money and that spending <laughs> money, and we see a reversal. So I don't want to jinx the price, but you yeah. know, but, but this is Bitcoin. It's volatile. Don't, uh, don't trade on this. You never want to sell your coin, of course, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be funny to watch. Yeah. Make sure to keep some dry powder for those, uh, for those bar, for those bar hopping runs that you got going on in, in the conference coming up. So uh, today we have a great show for you guys. Uh, I'm excited Plan Marcus is very excited and uh we're gonna talk we're gonna do the bitcoiners guide tip of the week talk about velocity of money an economics term uh then we're gonna get into the news a lot of news going on uh and then obviously we're gonna get into some price because price is pumping the corn is pumping let's talk about it all right let's start it off i got the bitcoiners guide tip of the week this week and I've been feeling that it's time to talk about uh, velocity of money. Uh, I recently saw, this came from a, a tweet that I recently saw from Lynn Alden uh, and her response. I'm not going to read it, but I wanted to kind of talk about velocity of money, uh, what traditional or conventional economists think, and uh, let's get into it. So, you know, there's a popular belief amongst 
many e economists that to have a functional money, uh, it has to be inflationary or else smart people and the majority of the people would never spend it. Um, and and in, economy, in economics, that's called velocity of money, right? So how fast uh, or how often money is spent instead of saved. Uh, now, you know, there's, there's many economists that think that currency, that it has to be inflationary, right? That it loses value slowly over time, sometimes fast. Uh, but normally they think that it should be inflationary, that it loses value slowly over time. Because of the currency were deflationary, which means that it would gain value over time, then people would be more incentivized to quote unquote hoard the currency and then society would break down, right? Their examples are something like, you know, no one would buy their kids clothes, of course, because tomorrow the currency could afford you more. No one would buy a home or shelter because tomorrow you could buy a bigger home and no one would eat, right? Because tomorrow you could afford steak instead of the lentils that you could afford today. Um, so this is what I wanted to get into. And before we get into it, I wanted to clear something up because a lot of times Bitcoiners will say that Bitcoin is a deflationary currency. Well, currently it's actually a disinflationary currency. So what's the difference? Um, the supply of Bitcoin is actually, it's still growing because every 10 minutes more Bitcoin gets mined. But every four years, the, that amount that gets mined gets cut in half. That's what's called the halving. And so that's why it's currently a disinflationary currency. The supply continues to grow, but it grows at a slower rate. And um, the mining of Bitcoin, that will, it will end in about 2140, and then all the Bitcoin will be mined, and then Bitcoin will truly be a deflationary money with that 21 million hard cap supply. Okay, so bringing it back to velocity of money, why is this important? Sean, Sean uh, how, many, how, many, how many coins get lost every year? Uh, I'm seeing, you know, even on Twitter, I think I saw the other day, someone, someone lost about 33 million sats. And uh, that was just yesterday. So, and those sats, we look at those as donations to the network because if those are lost, uh, no one can ever get them. And uh, that just that just means uh, your corn is worth more. Yeah, obviously we, nobody really knows how much, co how much coins are exactly lost. Um, it's probably not more than are being mined daily. So I definitely say it's still <laughs> yeah. disinflationary. But it's still a factor to take account of. Don't lose your coin. You know, at the same time, I, I've, I've gifted quite a, some sets to, to newbies, you know, to try and orange pill them. It's never a big amount because a lot of them often, you know, they lose their, <laughs> their first uh, bit of uh, Satoshis that I send them. Yeah. Corn, corn gifted many times is corn lost. Right. But uh, at least if you can give it to someone uh you know on a wall on a wallet that's on their phone like a wallet of satoshi then at least they can they can get a backup to their email or something and then if they lose it or they delete the app accidentally they can still they can still get it back but if you give someone some cold storage corn that's uh that might get lost pretty quickly All right
Um, um, so when you're when you're saying that people are hoarding um, Bitcoin or hoarding money because you were talking about the velocity of money, does that mean that the velocity of money goes down? Like it, velocity is like the speed at which money transacts. So if we're hoarding, we got a low velocity of money. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, this is kind of the point that I was that I was making was that currently, you know, that in in the fiat inflationary world, everyone is incentivized to spend and consume instead of being the, a prudent saver. Why? Because you subconsciously know price is going up and up and up, which means, but you don't look at it like, well, actually the value of my currency is going down and down and down. And in a deflationary world, things get cheaper and cheaper because your money, uh, your money is actually getting valued more and more. And so currently, that's why we see that I just looked up this stat that 69% of Americans, American adults, have less than $1,000 in savings. So what does an inflationary currency incentivize? It incentivizes spending, consuming, debt, credit, those type of things. What a deflationary currency, what that incentivizes is prudence, saving, thinking about the future, making your time preference lower. You're not so worried about today, tomorrow, but you're, you're more focused on a low time preference. Now, the question is, would you, would you not eat? Would you starve yourself to death because you knew that I'm gonna, my money's gonna be worth more in the future? I think that's a little extreme. Um, and the reason why I say that is, look, there's things right now, like you could put your money in stocks you could put all the money you make in stocks and know I'm going to get more money or put it all in gold currently, which is it's a store of value or in real estate, which is a store of value or a better store of value than the dollar. Because we know the dollar will continue to go down and get debased. But if you but there's no one that goes, I'm going to put 100 percent of my money into an investment and never spend it because I know I'm going to get more money. It's going to make me more in the future. Obviously, even the most prudent uh, and the biggest savers, they still spend their money uh, and buy food and they buy necessary things. So I think what Bitcoin provides for in the future is, is it makes it that a lot of people aren't just consuming random things. They're not, con they're not buying things they don't need. They're not, they're not uh, you know, we're not a gluttonous people. And I also think it makes your work, it makes you have to level up your skills. So I, I think that's also super important is thinking about if I am going to get paid in Bitcoin, if someone's going to give me Bitcoin, that means that they really value what I do. So I have to have higher skills. I have to have uh, you know, a better skill set and have to continually learn and grow. And I think that's beautiful because it makes humanity better. I think uh, you know, Bitcoin is a bet on humanity and that humans will grow and that they will level up uh, and, and that they'll continue to learn and, and grow their skills and become better at what we do. Yeah. Yeah. To, to be honest, I find this to be a really complicated uh, matter. And in all honesty, I have no idea um, how traditional economists view the philosophy of money, how that would impact the uh, uh, traditional metrics in, in finance and in, in economics. Um, 
<laughs> so that's the philosophy of money. What yeah. I do know is that, yeah, if you, I mean, obviously I believe Bitcoin is going to go up in value tremendously. It's way underpriced now. And yeah, the philosophy of money to me is very complicated. Uh, I don't know how that ties into traditional economics uh, and, and why it is important to look at the, the um, philosophy of money besides the hoarding part. And I don't know if hoarding is bad. I mean, we've always, we've had like inflationary money for such a long time right now, right? We know we can see the impact of that. And I think it's a big question mark still to see if, you know, what, what will, how, what will the incentives look like and how will people actually respond to a true hard money? In my case, I do believe Bitcoin is going to go way up. I always tell people my Bitcoin is already worth a million dollars. You're not going to get it for less than a million dollars. So I'm hoarding it. Right? And I think when I'm like, when I have to buy a new pair of shoes and it's like a hundred bucks or whatever, I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, am I really going to spend like $10,000 on a pair of, on a pair of shoes? So you gotta, you start being really stingy and um, scrutinize all your, all your buys and your purchases. Um, yeah. So I definitely see there's an impact there. People will probably opt for higher quality products that will last the time. You don't look for like the cheap buy that you're probably going to throw away in a couple of months mm -hmm. so it'll probably incentivize more durable um, uh, goods and services yeah yeah I, I totally agree i think and i think the word that economists use they use hoarding on purpose because they because in their mind it's like a negative association with it right exactly yeah. and as if it's a bad thing like yeah we just yeah. say it's saving you're not like Imagine going to, to Warren Buffett and saying, dude, you're just hoarding all this money. He's like, I'm saving and I'm investing my money. Like, call it what you want, but I have billions of dollars. So like, I think that's the difference is, yeah, you can be a hoarder of money or you can be a saver, but would I rather be, I would rather be a hoarder of money than someone who's stuck in a ton of debt and that's what we're incentivized to do currently. So okay. Bitcoin helps flip this flip the the way that we think about money because now our money is is growing in value instead of losing value. And so instead of making frivolous buys and subconsciously buying these things and consuming, uh, now we're subconsciously saving our money. And, and I think that's that's also beautiful because instead of money being credit, now money it's it's actually something that that it's it's something that i can debit out of out of my account and i think that's that's yeah, for, for for me it's also really just really important that it's now for the first time in history truly a fixed amount so it becomes a really good measure of how economies are growing how wealth is growing how things are going on in the economy because if you're constantly have like this metric and we we say we're measuring things in dollars but we know that true time, the dollar has been inflated over and over again. So we need to do like all kind of weird math to, to adjust for inflation. And, mm. you know, what is it? You hear people comparing things like, yeah, my, uh, my land, you know, I bought it in 1970 and it went up this much. Yeah. What does that even say anymore? Because what, what was the purchasing power back in the 1970 of a dollar? You know, so yeah. we're looking, we're, we're, we're we're making ourselves rich by making these kind of comparisons while in, in, in all reality, maybe the purchasing power actually went down. Now that we have a fixed amount in time, we truly have a good measure in, in, in true time. And 
yeah, that it doesn't really does it really change incentives? We'll no, see. I think it's um, yeah. Yeah, and I think I just also like, what also comes to mind, you know, is the the Gresham's law, uh, Sean. I know you know uh, more about that than I do, but um, I believe it's something that says that um, good money um, pushes out the uh, the bad money. I'm not sure if I'm saying this correct, but yeah. what it basically comes down to is people will start to, uh, you know, they will be they want to spend their Bitcoin. The, the last, right? So you're gonna be like, do I have any other currency left that I could spend first? Because I don't want to spend my my Bitcoin. Exactly. Um, I think we'll see that going on. Maybe people will want to like trade their car before they sell their <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, and, and that just brings up a thought, right? Like you have a lot of people that are buying Bitcoin and as more people continue to buy Bitcoin, just like what you're saying, as, as I buy Bitcoin, what I'm doing is I'm swapping out my dollars and putting that into Bitcoin. And so it's totally true that the good money, I'm, grow, I'm growing my good money and I'm constantly pushing out the fiat. I'm constantly pushing that away. And uh, as more people do that and as Bitcoin continues to get accepted in more places, which that's, it's growing rapidly. I mean, since we got into Bitcoin, think about you know only over a few years, how how much more bitcoin is accepted in places how fast the lightning network has developed uh, to make instant payments uh, a breeze and so all these things are happening so fast and every day there's a new person that's getting orange pilled that's going down the rabbit hole of bitcoin and so as those things happen bitcoin will be more accepted in more places and we'll have a Bitcoin circular economy where we won't have to have those on and off ramps, which I would love to talk about that in the future. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know if you had some more thoughts yeah. on, on what we we're saying. Yeah, I have, I, have, I have one final thought on the philosophy of money because it really reminds me of high school when I was like, uh, you know, you had economics class and uh, next to economics, of course, you also had math class and and do you call it science you know, yeah. in Dutch so I'm sorry something <laughs> yeah you know, in science it's beautiful because you have like these formulas you know that you can count on that you can do calculations with that actually work right we can send like a rocket to like different planets you know using you know just math right you know like <laughs> we yeah. can work with actual stuff that works economics in economics they try to make these kind of formulas as well <laughs> Well, you're trying to you're trying to put some kind of law on human behavior, which obviously nobody has been able to figure out yet. And that's what the velocity of money reminds me of, of these economics guys trying to turn uh, economics into some kind of a hard science that you can do like hard calculations, which which is complete BS to me. So I've never really worried too much about the whole velocity of money thing, to be honest. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree that. It's not, it's not mathematics that lasts for, for decades or centuries. You know, it's, it's mathematics that lasts in, econ in economics. Those formulas last for, you know, as long as you can have a money printer or as long as things don't turn south. And then, you, you know, if the market goes south, okay, we got to figure out a new, you know, a new strategy. Obviously, if they knew that how those formulas worked, we wouldn't have be having this high inflation right now, right? So exactly that's the that is a key indicator right because every economist and every 
every person in you know the treasury the secretary of the treasury janet yellen the jay powell who's who's the chairman of the fed they all, oh we didn't see this inflation coming well if you didn't see this inflation coming and normal bitcoiners everyday bitcoiners like you and me did see this inflation coming what does that tell you maybe that the that the economics the mathematics of the economics are off and those things need to be adjusted all right, so let's get into the news today. Uh, the news for this week. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is there was an article by CNBC, and the title of the article is Exxon is Mining Bitcoin in North Dakota as part of its plan to slash emissions. And I wanted to take an excerpt out of this Uh and it, and it basically just says, uh, for over a year, Exxon has been working with Crusoe Energy Systems, a company based in Denver. Crusoe's technology helps oil companies turn wasted energy or flare gas into a useful resource. I really like this. I think this is what Bitcoiners have been talking about for years, uh, especially guys like uh, Denver Bitcoin, Adam O, and even Marty Bent. Uh, and even and Greg Foss, right? That Bitcoin is, you know, once big energy understands the the benefits of Bitcoin mining on stranded or flare gas, the the then energy will soon be priced in Bitcoin. Energy will be priced in Sats, and uh, it seems like this is where we're heading. And all of the the environmentalists used to you know have been saying that bitcoin's bad for the environment but the title even in the title it says that they're using bitcoin mining to slash emissions and i think that's what that it's another thing that flips people's minds and they go well how is bitcoin mining slashing emissions i thought it was i thought it was more energy i thought it was making things worse for the environment and you know you got bitcoiners like us just saying you know, we've been telling you guys this for years. It's another thing that Bitcoin fixes uh, and provides stability to the energy grid. Yeah, this is, to me, this was huge news as well. I mean, companies like ExxonMobil, they, they have like turnovers uh, that are like bigger than the GDPs of entire countries. So <laughs> these, yeah. these kind of players matter. You know, they um, when this news about these type of players doing this kind of, it wakes up a lot of other players around the world, makes them look at it like, whoa, what's going on there? As you mentioned, you know, like a lot of the uh, Bitcoiners have been talking about this for a long time. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of this stuff moving forward. Uh, you mentioned some great Bitcoiners there. There's uh, there's a more recent, uh, I believe his name is Troy Cross. That's a really uh, interesting guy to uh, to listen to as well um yeah and you know it's it's one of those signposts again you know it's like bitcoin <laughs> i love to see it always yeah. they 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 talk about stuff they can they they think about you know what will this mean for the future it probably will mean that energy will be priced in bitcoin ultimately obviously that's not the case yet but i don't think we're too far off from actually seeing those first transactions uh, coming up in the future um and you can, you know, with with Bitcoin adoption, you can just constantly see these clear signposts that are check marks for me. Like, all right, we're still on the right path. You know, we're still, um, 
seeing like these 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 clear signs of how Bitcoin is slowly integrating itself into the world and uh, eating everything <laughs> that has value. Yeah, obviously it is. And I love I love to hear those birds in the background because it just it's it's the sound the song of the birds right now. We got these birds chirping. You know we have Exxon's mining Bitcoin which means Peter Schiff now has exposure to Bitcoin in his portfolio. It's, it's, these things are, are wonderful to hear. Um, and, you know, the, the whole thing about Bitcoin mining and, and Brandon Quidham, we've talked about this before. He said, Bitcoin mining is everything you don't know about Bitcoin combined with everything that you don't know about energy. And yeah. so it really is another rabbit hole in itself. But once you start, so what, what, what was the number again, Sean? Like, how much percent of, or like, on average, you know, from energy producers, there's always, I believe it was like something like 30 to 60 percent of energy produced is just lost or wasted. So think about if you can sell 30 to 60 percent of the energy that you're that you're losing, and can now convert it to Bitcoin. Think about how huge of the incentives, what what type of monetary value that has for companies like ExxonMobil or Shell or the bigger oil companies uh, and, and even other parties. So the incentives are going to be massive to, <laughs> to not kill this thing. So worrying about government um, trying to shut down or regulating it or banning it. There's going to be, you know, everybody is going to be incentivized or has some, um, I'm sorry, I'm always looking for the English word, will uh, we'll have some kind of exposure to Bitcoin in some way. And they will go to Congress and they will try to convince senators and the political representatives to not ban it, but to look at why they think they should keep it going. And it's... it's to me, it's so obvious, but you know, people that say Bitcoin is going to get banned, they don't realize how far it's already reached into society, how many people are exposed to this in a multitude of ways. So I'm completely not worried about it. But then again, I'm like a total Bitcoin bull. So yeah. <laughs> do your own research. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much entrenchment of Bit, you know, Bitcoin owners in government and, and people like Exxon who have to be lobbying in government. There's so much entrenchment of Bitcoin owners, people who own Bitcoin, who mine Bitcoin, that it, the the way it looks like is that not only is the United States and the Western world not going to ban Bitcoin, but that we will accept uh, and 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 look to innovate on on Bitcoin. And imagine you know a miner like an Exxon, and not only are they just uh, mining bitcoin off stranded and flared gas imagine what happens when they really realize that they can save in bitcoin instead of in dollars and when we talked about this earlier in the velocity of money when you have these big companies like this that are recognizing what bitcoin truly is and they start to move their balance sheets to bitcoin and move away from the dollar because the dollar is guaranteed to go down due to inflation Due to money printing, we're guaranteed that the that your dollar will get debased, right? We don't. Does Bitcoin go up? Does it go down? No one knows in the short term. In the long term, it's had a history of continually going up at about 171 percent per year on average. 
so you can look at those numbers. And that's, that's what's interesting to me is because now uh, these, energy, these big energy people are going to say, we don't want your dollars. We want Bitcoin for energy. And when big energy says this, countries start to say it. Uh, we're going to see things uh, start to move very fast. And that's when you go from, from the slowly, then suddenly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apologies for any background noises. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here in a, in a resort uh, and there's people slowly starting to wake up now. <laughs> so I'll yeah. unmute if it's uh, too bad. No, no, it's, hey, it's good. Um, so in other news, we have Terra, which uh, is somewhat of a, of a stable coin. They ended up buying $125 million of Bitcoin last week. Uh, and it seems like they're looking to use Bitcoin to, to back their coin. And uh, it's just another, another, I didn't even know that they had that much money to buy Bitcoin, first of all. Um, but just another entity buying a lot of Bitcoin. Marcus, what are, what are your thoughts on, on what's going on with, with the altcoiners and stablecoin, people looking to buy Bitcoin? Well, what, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, um, not too many thoughts. Obviously, you know, any big buy into Bitcoin always uh, is a good idea. Um, it seems to me that uh, altcoiners, shitcoiners, they seem to want to take your Bitcoin or your money to eventually buy Bitcoin for themselves. So beware, don't fall for this shitcoin narrative. To be completely honest, I'm not completely fully familiar what it is exactly that Terra Luna does or has done or how they got their money. I know some Bitcoiners were asking questions about it. Um, I haven't been able to dig into it this week, um, but my main thought is you have this successful project, you're making a bunch of money. What do you want to do? You want to buy Bitcoin. So think about that. Why? <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but they are buying Bitcoin. So if you're investing in whatever it is they're offering, maybe you want to buy some Bitcoin instead, you know, instead of, you know, sending your money to them so that they can buy the Bitcoin from you. Yeah. I mean, it even reminds me of when Sailor was buying Bitcoin, which he still is doing. And, you know, and I think someone would, asked him about buying a stock and he was like you might as well just buy bitcoin like if you if, if you're just a regular person and you have the chance to buy my stock or buy bitcoin you might as well just buy bitcoin right but for those who can't buy bitcoin that's when it's like okay buy a stock buy those convertible bonds that he that he did and so it's the same thing everyone it's, it's really it's, yeah, sorry you're right Go ahead. everyone wants your bitcoin everyone wants bitcoin they want your bitcoin they want you to, you know, at least say there was honest with, with people. A lot of people would tell you, oh, here's Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin. Buy my altcoin. Buy my mining stock. And it's like, no, I'm going to buy the thing that you're buying because everyone wants Bitcoin. It is the most precious thing out there. It is the most scarce thing. Uh, if I buy your stock, if I buy your altcoin, you can make more. You can dilute the supply of your stock. And that's what can't happen in Bitcoin. Yeah. You know, it's it's so unfortunate because this whole shitcoin stuff is like, <laughs> not only is it like, in a sense, slowing Bitcoin down or, you know, like, but 
a lot of new people come in and they'll be like, oh man, and the shit corners love to say this. It's like, yeah, Bitcoin is already like at a trillion dollars, you know, to double it, you need so much money, it's never gonna happen, and it's slow, and you wanna have like life-changing gains, you know, I'm gonna have to be in some kind of coin that does a 50X or like a thousand X, right? Because I need to do the hustle, but what you're really doing is you're, 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 I completely understand you wanna be, make like the bigger gains, you know, but, you're up against other people that are trying to take your money. You know, you don't have some special information. You know, you're not gonna outsmart the guys. And what are you investing to? Now there's this Luna guy switching all his money back into Bitcoin, Luna price. You know, in 2017, we've been through this. You know, 2018, all these projects, you know, they're just going down to zero. All the money is flowing out. Eventually it's going into Bitcoin, but that's your money is staying in the shit point and you're enriching these these scammers that are buying a lot more bitcoin so you know everybody loves to believe in dreams you know that you can buy some shit coin that's going to go thousand x and you're going to be like this super smart guy that just got life-changing game no bitcoin is where it's at where it's happening that's your short play it's the best and the fastest horse out there you know don't invest in shit coin <laughs> i think the yeah. message is clear yeah and and that's I think that's the biggest thing. And look, it's a smart plan from Terra, right? If you have something that people are buying, invest your money in Bitcoin. I think that's that is that's what we all do. Work, put the excess in Bitcoin. Work more, put more, put the put the excess in Bitcoin. Work, save, work, save, save in Bitcoin. And that is that's the formula for success. In the short term, price goes up, it goes down. In the long term, you win. And that is that is the thing. Like It's not about getting rich quick. It's about not getting slow poorly and getting rich for sure over the long term. Uh, that's that's how I look at it. Okay, so with the, with the last bit of the show, last week we didn't, we skipped price. This week, price has Did been we? pumping. So let's talk a little bit about what we got. We have prices up to 47,000 and some change right now. It's, it pumped on a Saturday and Sunday over the weekend. And maybe it pump came from that Terra buy for 125. Maybe it came from the Exxon mining news. Maybe it came from, we got the conference coming up. Uh, there's a lot of things. And, uh, and I just love to see it because a lot of the bears, there's been a lot of bears out there. Dr. Bear, Dr. Jeff Ross been saying, oh, I could see a black swan happening like in March of 2020 and price gets cut in half and we go down to $20,000 and, uh, and then we start pumping from there. So, you know, who knows? Maybe he's right. What I'm seeing is a lot of good news for Bitcoin, a lot of good, good things happening and uh, more and more people are getting are getting orange pilled and are understanding that the traditional finance system sucks <laughs> and that there's a better option. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's nothing, yeah, one, one specific thing we can, uh, we can point to. I mean, Bitcoin didn't make a massive parabolic run at the end of 2021, as we a lot of us expected it would do. Obviously, we didn't hit the 100K. 
Instead, we topped out at 69. We already had like a 50% correction from that 69. So we were on a very low end all this time. So people calling for another 50% reduction. I get it. We saw it happen, but not, you know, we didn't, before that, we had a way bigger rise. So to, to expect another in total from the all-time high, 80% drop again during this cycle, why we didn't have those massive yeah, like 20x uh, increases in this cycle. I thought it was a little bit too bearish. Um, Dr. Jeff Ross, I believe his name is. Yeah, I, I like listening to him. The guy is a real Bitcoin bull long-term, but yeah, yeah. He, he's always mentioning that he's trying to beat the market. He thinks there is some alpha to be found, to be able to trade it and get an even better performance you know, than, than the market. I think he's foolish in that. I think he's doing damage to the space as well because there's so many people listening to him. And when he's ranting about there's going to be another 50% drop, people are going to take off more corn off the, you know, get some more uh, dry powder, waiting for that dump. And what do you see? We're up like, I don't know how many percent yeah. now. People will get scared and they dump back their, their dry powder in because they feel like they're being left behind. And then maybe next week it'll dump again a little bit and they lose money. So he's just... There bears and, and he says right it now. and then and then like the the value of what he's saying is just like zero to to the to the normal listeners because <laughs> he'll end the podcast with like yeah don't listen to me because i use this proprietary metric and model and when uh, things change tomorrow my whole model flips so basically <laughs> my whole information is useless you know like i've been ranting about how i trade and how i see the market moving in a couple of weeks but it can change tomorrow you know so it's just a complete waste of time. People will always love to have, you know, people want to know what the price is going to do tomorrow for obvious reason. Nobody knows what the price is going to do tomorrow. Dr. Jeff is going to get wrecked. I love to see it. He's going to like, he's going to start defending his model. He's going to start telling people yeah. that they're so salty and that, you know, like it's not for them. No, dude just shut up about your trading strategy you're not beating the market <laughs> neither are we that's why we huddle and we definitely don't dream of selling bitcoin at 40k in 2022 hold on to your bitcoin it's the most precious thing you have try to accumulate more be very 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 um uh careful about protecting your bitcoin yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's the yeah. most valuable thing you're holding right now that's look, all i can say look, you, have, <laughs> you have these chartists out there like dr jeff like willie woo willie woo capitulated he oh. gave up dr dr jeff like i don't think he's doing damage to the space really because because dude you can say whatever you want to say maybe people are taking off corn maybe they're shorting it listen to listen to the people who aren't the traders. That's what I would say. If you're not a trader, if, you, if you've never been a trader, the traders get wrecked. So if you're not a trader, well, why would you listen to the trader about trading? Why not just buy and stack and buy and stack? That's what we do. That's what we've been doing. And it works. And you're, you're absolutely right, Sean. You're absolutely right. It's just <laughs> don't sell, don't it, sell it the triggers me. It triggers me. Bitcoin doesn't care. Bitcoin doesn't react on what he does or says. Um, it doesn't matter. But, you know, like you see people responding and listening to him. And it, yeah. I'm like, how can you not see that this is like pure guesswork? And Yeah, there's always going to be. You know, and, and like, no, I mean, he's been he's been saying for how long now that he's like super bearish. And look what the, the, the price is just completely it's been going up for what, like eight days straight now. 
yeah, it's been going on for a while. And it, it, he was bearish down in like the low 30s. And now we're at 47 K. So, I mean, he's not, he's not showing, he's not showing us his daily buys and sells. So he can tell us, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But I knew it was, you know, my model flipped. So I went bullish and I'm still making money. That's why it's not for you. And trust me, I'm making money. We don't know if he's making money. He's probably losing money like crazy, but people will listen to him anyway. Yeah, we have love we you, Dr. Jeff. Know. You know, I love you in space. <laughs> we really don't stuff. know what he's doing, right? <laughs> like, Dr. Jeff aside, right? Just for anyone trying to look at the charts and guess what's it going to do on a random Monday or Tuesday uh, and in March or April, it's like, dude, you have no idea what Bitcoin's going to do. Even, even the best have zero clue and they can make up all these models uh plan b made his model then he made a second model then he made a third model and and he's still trying to say how his models you know haven't failed and all this stuff just buy and stack don't trade the corn don't short the corn don't sell the corn i find it hard personally to see bitcoin going down to 20k or even a 50 percent drop from where we're at simply because if that if that's going on it also means probably something's going on in the markets in the broader markets, the macro markets like stocks and bonds. And if there's an event like in March of 2020, like, you know, when COVID hit, uh, maybe a, a crazy, crazier war than's going on right now, I would, I would venture to think what would happen is the money printer would turn on and would start burning like crazy and, all that money would go get flooded into the markets. There might be an initial drop, 5, 10, 15%. Uh, then the Fed comes in, backstops everything with the money, money printer. And a lot of that money makes its way to Bitcoin because people are seeing, if people yeah. see the money printers turned on, the money printers running hot, they know inflation is going to run hot. And so they're looking for something with a store value. And Bitcoin has that narrative now of being the quote unquote digital gold. And that's where money's going to make its way. So I find it extremely hard to see Bitcoin going down to 20K or even getting cut in half right now. Could it happen? For sure. Like, like it definitely could happen. But I, that's kind of my thoughts around the whole thing of why I find it very hard for that to happen. A lot of a lot of traders also look at like these cycles, right? You know, like where you have like this blow off top, um, and then you have like this denial phase, and then ultimately you go into this ultimate capitulation phase. And I also believe we haven't seen a full capitulation phase if these cycles are still intact or whatever. So possibly, yeah, you know, we can we can still see like a capitulation phase, whatever that means. I don't know if, how far the price would have to drop to see full capitulation. I still do see like a lot of fraud in the in the shit coins. They haven't been completely murdered like uh, last cycle. So possibly, yeah, there might be. But am I gonna like try and trade on it? Hell no. I mean, earlier in the show we talked about um, you know how, like how we've been saying that energy will be priced in Bitcoin, and we're gonna see like energy producers start you know taking advantages of Bitcoin. And it came true. Bitcoiners have been saying for forever that we're going to see nation-state adoption. We've actually seen some nation-state adoption. We're seeing a lot of activity on nation-state adoption. Senators wanting to do this. We have Russia saying things on Twitter, and his senators are saying things about 
pricing things in Bitcoin. It's a very unstable world out there and people are really scrambling for hard assets and everybody has Bitcoin on their radar. So are you gonna take the risk? Are you gonna put a bet that we're gonna see a capitulation phase? Well, maybe tomorrow Russia decides to put like, I don't know, 10% of his treasury into Bitcoin or maybe the US decides to do it or some other country decides to do it and we run up like to 200K in a couple of weeks. I yeah. mean, why would you, for a little extra gain, you might, you're taking on a huge risk. Yeah. Don't do it. It's my advice. Yeah. And yeah. look, in, in, in the capitulation phase, for anyone who's wondering what that is, that's like when Bitcoin drops 50% and then it just, boom, bottoms out and goes down 70, 80%. You know, that's kind of what Marcus is referring to, which has happened. It happened in 2018 after the 2017 run up. It happened in, you know, after the 2013 run up, 2014, those type of things. Uh, I look at it like we never had the massive, massive parabolic run up. We had a good solid run up, but it never went fully parabolic. And because, and because it never went fully, fully parabolic, that's why I find it hard to have that drop of 80%, right? That's, yeah. we had the drop of 50%, which is fine. But I, that's why I'm just like, uh, do I see a drop down to like 70% drop from 70K to 20K? I don't really find that, uh, I don't really see that happening. And again, dude, anything could happen. But yeah. I just, I'm not, I find that a very extremely low probability to happen uh, just because there wasn't a huge run up and Bitcoin did its thing, but it didn't, it didn't like 20 X, you know, it five X or six X. So I think that's. And, the and don't forget, this is like the third cycle and there's the, the people that are now aware of Bitcoin and its price movements and its expected price, mo price movement. That group of people that are aware of this is so much larger right now. It's not only individuals, it's companies, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's large uh, wealthy players. If the Bitcoin price drops below 30, again, there's going to be like this massive demand increase. So I wouldn't put my money on it. I, I honestly, I, <laughs> I'd bet on we'll never see any 20 number Bitcoin. So sub 30K Bitcoin again ever honestly i don't 10%. think we're going to go below 40 we're not going to go below 40 model not hold my yeah. beer <laughs> yeah. floor the floor is set now who knows all right well that wraps up for today's show again thanks everybody for listening we have bob burnett burnett sorry bob burnett coming on uh the meme factory this thursday at 7 30 p.m eastern that'll be live on our youtube channel same channel you're on right now if you're listening to youtube uh, he's the chairman and CEO at Barefoot Mining. Please hop in. It's going to be a great show with him. Uh, and remember, what you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, don't just let it stay here. Please share if you learned something today or found this information helpful and or entertaining. Please help us out. Like and subscribe. Leave a review. Leave a comment. The notifications on. Yep. Last week, our comments on YouTube got messed up. We're going to oh, have we screwed that figured up. out. We screwed that up. That's our fault. I think we had, there's a little technical difficulty this week. We'll make sure that the comments are working so you can comment in there and uh, let us know. All right. Thanks again. As for Bitcoiners Guide episode Cinco from Plan Marcus 
and Big Sean. We're over and out. Peace. See ya.